That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Movie freaks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks. Battered in butter, sugar, and MSG, and then deep fried in pig lard, all for your listening pleasure. I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> I'm super healthy Eric Marner. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Ah, <laughs> uh, nice and comfort foody, buttery goodness, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, I'm uh, kind of only seeing the top half of your head. There we go. I gotta <laughs> bask in all of that deep fried glory. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Uh, welcome to episode 53, and once again, we've got a fully packed show. We're going to do uh, the Roulette Top 100. It's time once again. And then Recently Watched, because uh, we didn't get to any Recently Watched last episode, because we were doing uh, Two Pod, Too Furious with Steven, and uh, that pretty much filled up all our time, which was fine. That was good. I could have used a, a week off from the roulette, and I'll let you know why very soon. Uh, but you first. Uh, okay. Hero and the Terror. Okay, this... Hero and the Terror. Um, <clears throat> so, obviously I picked this because of two reasons, Chuck Norris A and 80s B. And unfortunately, and I am a, I'm a fan of Chuck Norris for the most part. I mean, if, if you keep in context his style of movie, um, but that's the problem with this movie in and of itself is that uh, what makes a Chuck Norris movie a Chuck Norris movie is not in this movie. Uh, it is uh, got a interesting '80s style front end cop setup, a uh, little bit of action scenes, and then we get into girlfriend pregnant having a baby. Whole midsection of the movie that eats up literally that eats up a good portion of the entire movie, and the it's almost like there's a serial killer that escapes from a mental institution or whatever that he said he caught years back and and they, that be, that becomes his nickname is he's the hero because of that so they just everybody calls him hero you know like walker texas ranger and hero, yeah, hero. but so it, that whole thing it, the killer stuff is almost an afterthought it seems like most of the movie is just bad 80s actor cops talking to each other and then this horrible girlfriend pregnancy thing that goes on and on and on and I'm like, ah no, so this got a big thumbs down, I mean it's it's not the worst thing ever but if I wanted to watch an 80's you know, boring drama, I can find an 80's boring drama, I want 80's Chuck Norris ass kicker, this is not it mm, mm, so, yes. thumbs good. down good, good, <laughs> I, see, I feel no pain for you whatsoever, because Crimson. I watched Crimson, Crimson, the color of blood, from 1973. <laughs> to save their mortally wounded leader's life, a band of jewel thieves devises a unique solution that involves killing their psychopathic worst enemy. And uh, I think you had a different synopsis for it where uh, they were... I, I don't even remember what it was. And really, who gives a crap? This movie sucked beyond all level of sucking. And I uh. I enjoyed the first 30 minutes because I was like, yeah, this is mystery science theater bad. And all right, they're going to start getting into some mad scientist goriness here and there. And then, no, they just kind of talk about it a little bit. And then nothing happens. And then they're talking. And then nothing happens. And they're talking. Uh, oh. I, I got to tell you. 
this was a brutally long 86 minutes. And I couldn't tell you anything that happened in the second half because I was playing Clash of Clans on my phone. I didn't care at all. I, I was just like, mm. I'm not taking a mulligan. I'm just going to... I'm technically watching over my phone, but yeah, this, this is a, nothing yeah, happened. They, is... they talked about this crap. Like, we need to get our enemy and we'll take his brain and put it in his body and cut off his head and all this stuff. And it... It tried to be kind of funny, but there was no blood and no gore. And it, like, take uh, the Italian made-for-TV movie *House of Clocks*. Take that acting and remove all blood or horror or in- anything interesting. Just lots of people talking with that Ooh. level of talent. I yeah. mean, because the acting was terrible in, in *House of Clocks*. But that, coupled with the the storyline and the the bad gore and the weird quirky stuff, it. It worked, I thought. I agree, but on this one, and, I, you know, maybe I'm just the wrong audience and I could be totally wrong. You might want to attempt it, because maybe it's something you'll like, that it'll, it'll just tweak your little thriller 1970s Italian thing, because it's all badly dubbed Italian actors. You can tell. Like, yeah. just poorly. And there were a couple parts that I laughed out loud uh, that were funny, that were meant to be funny. Other than that, epic thumbs down. I hated it. I mean, hated. I was like, wow, I could be mowing the lawn right now. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I could be mowing the lawn and listening to a podcast or oh. nothing. I hated it. But I have such a big stack of stuff I want to watch right now that yeah. I just, okay, 86 yeah, and, minutes, and I'm going to plow we're, through. We're right there on the same page. Like I was watching Hero in the Terror, and at the beginning, I'm like, all right, here we go. 80s Chuck Norris, cool beginning. Then he, then we go to a scene in the gym. He's pumping iron, and I'm like, yeah, Chuck Norris. And then nothing, nothing. And I'm like, I could be watching so many better things than this, but I'm like, yep. at this point, I'm committed. Because it was a half-hour mark. I'm like, okay, now they, they hooked me in, and now I've got to finish this thing, and whatever. That that could be the worst Chuck Norris movie I've ever seen, and he makes he's made tons of bad movies, but yeah. for some reason, a lot of them have their charms. Yeah, well, this, you got him, you got him popping up and throwing one liners and all yeah, kinds this, of, you know. Yeah, this and it was almost trying to go for maybe a Dirty Harry type thing, maybe, but oh, <laughs> like any Chuck Norris movie. <laughs> yeah, like any Chuck. Yes. <laughs> so well, anyway, anyway, okay. Off because the, of that, we we decided that we need a round of goodness, so yes. we went to a. Previously seen roulette, uh, dealer's choice, Blu-ray, DVD, Netflix, anything but something that you're truly, truly deeply recommending. Uh, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Uh, I'm going to still pick a couple uh, movies that, I have, that I've had on the back burner for you to watch, just because I do want you to watch them at some point. Um, the main one for me is uh, Prom Night. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Leslie Nielsen... Uh, one of my very, very, very favorite slasher movies of all time. I still love this movie. I've grown up with this movie. Uh, that would be my only drawback for you is that I grew up on this movie. And yeah. I, I hold it dear to my heart. You're going in blind. I do want to see it. I, I, my yeah. expectations are appropriately set, I believe. Yeah. So I, I do want to see it. Um, next up is uh, John Carpenter and Toby Hooper's Body Bags. And this is the anthology movie that uh, that Showtime produced as a one-off. They were going to make a big series of this, and it started with this movie. And 
creative differences, budget, whatever. It never happened, but they made a movie out of it, and it is great. It's If you like Creepshow 1 and 2, mm-hmm. this is every bit Creepshow 1 and 2 is equal, in my opinion. Lots of great cameos. Mark Hamill's in it, of course, so there you go. Mark Hamill. Yay! It's <laughs> practically Star Wars. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's quite funny, actually. It's it's very much a Tales from the Crypt type, played for laughs type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's... It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. Uh, next up is the uh, Michael Sovi, I believe is how you pronounce his name, uh, Italian uh, actor-slash-director, Stage Fright. This is uh, another one of my personal all-time favorite slasher movies. Uh, this is an Italian slasher movie that is trying to emulate the American slasher movies, but it still has the Jalo-type feel. Right. Um, and if you're nervous about, like, oh, but what if it's not gory, that one there is... It, rivers of blood. So, um, oh, that would be the least of my concerns coming off a horrible Italian movie. Uh, yes, would be. Yeah. Oh, is it gory enough? Uh, yeah. yeah, but that stage fright is great. Uh, that's that's one that. Again, I'm picking ones that I cannot imagine. No, you would. I, I want to watch all of these, but right now, prom night's in the lead. Go ahead. Mm. Okay, next up, getting a little bit more away from the '80s slashery type things, The Signal, one of my favorite movies from last year. That's the leader. Um, the less you know about that movie the better and I've bragged about this movie how good I thought the movie was Steve on Cinema Sidekicks didn't like it as much as I did I'm not sure where you'd fall but uh, it's definitely worth a watch it's it can be a bit pretentious but I think it worked for me I I liked it a lot I'm dying to see it sci-fi dork so easy sell and the last one I figured I'm just going to give you five because again these these are all it's all good Every one of these is four stars or higher for me. And the last one is Predestination with Ethan Hawke. Damn it! (laughs) What a movie. Man, that's one that... uh, Kind of like the signal where you'll be thinking about it long after credits roll. Like, okay. Actually, I did some research online. Like, okay, now what? Okay, all right. Um, But in a good way. In a very good way. Great movie. And Ethan Hawke, I'll tell you what, that guy is a great actor. So, anyway, there you go. There's your list of five. I'd throw another one in, but there's... Can I take two? (laughs) I'm dead serious. I'll take The Signal and Predestination. I'll review them both. I'm giant. Seriously, those two might be my most anticipated I-want-to-watch-right-now movies. Yeah. And what's so cool is that both of those, I cannot imagine you would be like... One of them, I think, at least one of them you're going to love, and the other one you'll at least like, but I'm hoping that you're going to love both of them. But yeah, if you want to... I'll take both of them. I'm dying. I'm not kidding. I'm dying to watch both of them. And especially the signal. The predestination doesn't necessarily need to have booming loud sound, whatever. But the signal. Try to watch that on your on your 50 inch TV if you can, because it. Well, I watch them both on that. As far as how good, how loud I'll have the sound, though, that's dodgy, mm. at best. But I'll see what I can do. But but especially the signal. Stick with that. That's one that. There were certain times where I'm like, this could be pretentious, I think, maybe, but I'm still into it. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, that kicked ass. Oh, I can't wait to (laughs) watch it. I'm dying to watch it. Okay. Uh, On my side, I I have six for you. I've got uh, all across the board. I got two Blu-rays, two DVDs, and two Netflix. Ah, okay. So we'll start at the bottom with the Netflix and work our way up. Uh, I've a couple of these, a few of these I've given to you before, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. 
but they're ones I still want you to watch. Uh, Cecil B. Demented, John Waters, huh. my favorite John Waters film, and I can't imagine you won't love it because it's, as the title says, absolutely demented on every level of cinema, and uh, it's, again, the huh. less you know you, the better, but it's just an insane comedy, and I love it. I think you will, too. Okay. Uh, next is uh, Marvel's Doctor Strange, animated film, so it's probably, I don't have it in front of me, but it's probably like 70 minutes. Okay. So, uh, but it's a fantastic uh, take on the origin of Doctor Stephen Strange, and with the movie Around the Corner... It's. I really want you to watch the origin ones. When does when does that movie come out? Has it been made? Is like in post production no, now? No, 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 no. I don't even think okay. it started filming yet. But that, but they okay. did cast Benedict Cumberbatch as mm. Doctor Strange, which is a huge coup, man. Uh, because that's one of the areas they haven't tackled too much. Uh, Marvel is the magic side of their universe, and this one is ultra magic. Everything with Doctor Strange, it's all magic, and that they haven't really. Okay conquered that aspect of the comic book uh, realm yet. Okay. But having Benedict in there, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait. Can can you see him in that role? Oh, totally. 100%. Almost. uh, That's your Tony Stark, Iron Man. uh, Oh, cool. Robert Downey Jr. Like, that's perfect. It's perfect. Good. Uh, Okay. DVDs. So those are are both Blu-rays there that you just gave me? No, those were Netflix. Oh, those are Netflixers. Oh, I, have, okay. I have the DVDs of them, but they're on Netflix. They're probably better yeah. quality there. So Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, on to the DVDs. I have uh, Garage Days. Are you familiar with this film? I have. I've never seen that. Isn't that from the director of Strange, Day- Strange Days? No? no, this is uh, from Alex Proyas. Oh, This is okay. his little gem. It did not... Uh, I don't think it got a lot of critical praise, and I don't think it did a lot of box office. It was. I thought it was kind of an indie film. And that's why I never got around to watching it till I blind bought it. And then I watched it and was like, you know, that was pretty good. Watched it a few more times. This is a gem in the rough. This is one of those underseen movies that is way better than everybody gives it credit for. And I think mostly because it, was, it wasn't it was sold properly. It's sold as like a rock and roll film when it's actually more of a comedy rock and roll film. And it's just it's just crazy, but you know we're both fans of Alex Proyas. Mm-hmm. You need to see him for see this movie for uh, a genre hopping. Like we talk about all the time, he, he does uh, knowing Nicolas Cage sci-fi, uh, The Crow. You know, uh, I Robot. He he jumped. He hops around a bit. Yeah, this is his kind of real life comedy thing. And from somebody who's been in bands before, this is very much what it's like to be in a band, and it's hilarious. And I think that you would really get a kick out of this movie. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and okay, it's good stuff. I think you'd it, like it. Where did uh, at what point did he make that movie? Did this come after? I want to say, oh boy, I hold on, I'll look it up real quick. Um, I wasn't sure if that was like his first. His this was no, his no, first no, 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 no. This would his first one was the Crow. I believe he went okay. the Crow, Dark City, and then it was either this or I Robot. Uh, let me. Uh, here real quick I like touch screens have I mentioned that I like uh, typing on a touch screen because of my big <laughs> fat fingers I can't ever hit the right freaking okay here we go uh, okay let me scroll to the bottom uh, yes his first big movie was The Crow and then Dark City and then Garage Days in 2002 and the next was iRobot 2004 
so it was right in between there. And of course, the back se sells it as from the director of the groundbreaking film iRobot comes this hip, sexy comedy about a garage brand with everything it takes to make it to the top, except talent. <laughs> hmm. This movie is, it's very funny, very quirky, very weird, very Australian, New Zealand-ish, that kind of humor. Okay. Um, anyway, Ooh, I dig it. Okay. I think it's underrated. Okay, next on the, uh, the other DVD I have for you, and I was really tempted, I'll tell you, really tempted to go... Uh, full music DVD round for you, and just. Oh. But the only problem is I know which one or two you'd pick because of metal. <laughs> so it's, and I didn't want to be boring either. So instead, I'm just throwing you one music one, and that is Clutch Full Fathom Five. This oh. is their their first DVD they did with a lot of. Uh, it's all live performances: Pittsburgh, Sydney, Boulder, all cut together. Uh, it, it, running time 90 minutes so you're not hurting yourself but this is my all-time favorite band uh hard blues rock perfect drinking i mean every time i pop this baby in it's like pour me some whiskey and and a beer and just yeah i'm head banging and it's awesome love it okay and lastly okay. the blu-rays uh, two of those and if, for you. By the way, if you would have picked Slipknot, which I was expecting you to, yeah, uh, that that would have been, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I didn't. It'll be on a future. It'll be on a future one. I, but I got to give you some incentive to come back. I've also got some Mudvayne and some. Uh, Ooh. Uh, what was the band that we saw? Oh, dang it! What's their name? Um, oh, I can't remember the name anyway. But yeah, a few other bands that we've seen, metal bands. That I've I have DVDs of that you'll definitely want to be checking out. Okay. Uh, okay. Um. Now the Blu-rays. Two of those. Uh, first up is Gattaca, Jude Law. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess we could do a Jude Law all sci-fi movie thing, <laughs> since I'm taking Predestination. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. That wasn't Jude no, Law, that's, was it? That's, yeah, that's Ethan Hawke. Oh, my bad. Well, Ethan Hawke's yeah. in this as well, so there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, you said you hadn't seen this one. I have not seen uh, it, nope. Directed, Written and directed by Andrew Nichol. This is a fantastic uh, sci-fi, but it's a kind of a thinker it's a subtle sci-fi and with a it's just a brilliant film and i don't really know anybody who's given it a real thumbs down and okay. uh lastly to balance out marvel's doctor strange i have the blu-ray of the uh animated film wonder woman this does oh. origin story for wonder woman and i didn't th it's only 70 minutes i didn't think that i would be that keen on it uh you know Lasso, Tell the Truth, and Invisible Jet, and all this nonsense. And then I actually got it from Netflix and watched it. Yeah, and now I'm holding the Blu-ray. So what does that tell you? This movie kicks ass, and Wonder Woman movie is coming around the corner. First of all, with uh, Batman v Superman, they introduce the character, and then she's got a standalone movie coming down the road. So it's another origin uh, yeah. thing that you should it would be good for you to know the origin story of but this movie really kicks ass and it does uh, uh, Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion Alfred Molina Rosario Dawson good voice talent in this movie uh, Nathan Fillion is just absolutely hysterical as uh, Steve Trevor <laughs> her human oh. quasi love interest but anyway I thought that'd give you a good roundabout uh, option wise and yeah, so you got uh, Blu-ray, DVD. Oh Netflix. man, yeah. And if you know, if you want to take a movie and throw the the concert video on top of it, 
Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but I'll tell I, you, I mean, you better be prepared. Like I'm going to a concert that evening, so just I'm going yeah. to a concert. Pour yourself some drinks, have some time. Ninety minutes. It's it's awesome, and they save okay. a couple of the best songs for last. I, okay. I, I love that band. Anyway. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Because you picked two, I, I will go with Clutch first off. Um, because I just feel like... Because I, I know one or two of their songs, and I like it, but I don't know anything else. So... You need, and I'm all, you need the I'm concert always, experience on that. They're one yeah. of those bands that's better in concert than their okay. album. Gotcha. Okay, so we'll go with Clutch. I gotta say, I mean, it's between uh, it's between Garage Days and Wonder Woman, honestly. Um, but for some reason, just Wonder Woman. I just I don't think that I would normally watch that, so I'm gonna pick Wonder Woman. One big is because it's on Blu-ray and two. I I'm really more into comic book movies than I ever have been. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doctor Strange I can watch on Netflix, but Wonder Woman you've got the Blu-ray, so it's gonna be Wonder Woman and Clutch. Nice. I'm I'm impressed. I'm I'm really happy you took Wonder Woman because oh, really? you, yeah, that's you're going to so be like... surprised by how much ass that thing kicks. And I I actually I haven't watched it since I got the Blu-ray. I last time I watched it uh, I had borrowed it, so I I I can't wait to rewatch it. I've just been waiting for the perfect time where uh, wife and Addie and everybody's in the mood to watch that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to your review. I do remember uh, just absolutely loving it though, and I'm I'm sure that you will as well. Is it is it as good as the newest uh, Batman animated or those were fantastic? Uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Uh, it's well, it's not nearly as long. Um, and that was the li- part, it, it's part a little, one and two. That was yeah, that was the part one and two. It's a little more balanced uh, with uh, its runtime and a little humor and stuff like that. Um, you'll see. I don't want to give too much away, but I'm just telling you that one. I was. I was pretty blown away by how much I really, really liked that movie. And that's one of the earlier DC animated movies, like when they were kicking this whole thing off. Yeah. Um, so do you think that, uh, and not, I don't want to rabbit trail down a DC, you know, whatever, but do you <laughs> think that, do they have what it takes to start their own universe? Like, because Marvel is... Live action, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, right I think now, so. Because right now Marvel just... is just on, on, they're flying on cloud nine right now. They are. Yeah, they're um, doing very well. There's no no denying that, obviously. Um, DC definitely has the stories as long as they, I, I don't know, keep, keep up the quality. It's hard for me to, to say they need to improve this or that because financially, they're, I mean, Man of Steel, their movies are doing good, even against all the criticism um, between viewers or critics or however you want to put it of... Uh, their recent releases, they're still doing well financially. I mean, these movies are still, you know, making tons of bank. Even if if they're not billion dollar movies, they're still making tons of bank. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's all the potential is there. It's just a matter of the, this next one is going to be the real kind of test, I think. And yeah. who oh, isn't going to go watch Batman v Superman? Everybody is griping about it, is. but who isn't going to go watch that movie? Yep, they all. I agree. I agree, and it's just you know I don't think it helps that hey we're gonna reboot Spider Man. Well, now Spider Man is that's Marvel, I guess. Uh, but it's just I don't know why I just like it. Just seems like they bungled Spider Man. So now they're redoing Spider. Like okay, well now we have to get another Spider Man, and it's like there just there's certain there's certain ones that aren't quite clicking. It seems, and I just I hope that that DC doesn't fall into that trap too to where 
they're just not quite clicking. They're like, oh, that didn't work. A couple years from now, we'll reboot that because Marvel is so painting this humongous world right now with Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man. There's just, it's huge. And it doesn't seem like there's much coming from DC. Well, I know, but they had to start somewhere. And the way yeah. that Marvel decided to do it was everybody gets their origin story and then they come together for Avengers-type shenanigans. And DC watched that and is at the time they were mid-Batman. You know, so they couldn't just like... Re- it wouldn't have made sense to reboot it right then. Yeah. Um, and then after Avengers was a huge hit, they decided, which was a big gamble, because having that many heroes on screen at time at the same time, are they going to make everybody gel and everybody gets enough screen time and it's not a convoluted mess? And Avengers knocked it out of the park, so yeah. that's, that made it possible. Therefore, DC was like, yeah. why don't we... I think that their, their thinking was, let's do it in reverse order, which is we'll have the Justice League-type movie, and then everybody gets their spinoff from that. You know, I, I think that Batman v Superman is kind of going to be one giant origin story for all like basic seven members of the Justice League, which gets, really? which which gets a hell of a lot of crap out of the way. So I don't have to go see an Aquaman origin movie, a Wonder Woman origin movie. Uh, you know, all of these they they yeah. already rebooted um, Man of Steel, Superman with Man of Steel. And yeah. Batman, uh, enough with uh, the frickin' pearls falling into water in the dark alley at night. Who hasn't seen that origin story in 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 five movies? Where yeah. We got we got it. I don't, you know, as far as what they're doing with Spider-Man, I don't even know, man. I, are they, They're rebooting it again. He's going back to high school. It's going to be, uh, supposedly, uh, Aja Butterfield is in talks to be Spider-Man, which I'm like, yay, great, thumbs up. He's awesome. I love him. But, again, we're going back to high school with Spider-Man, and we've already it's seen... Ah, like, oh, enough of that. Three, yeah. three origin stories with him in, in 12 years, 15 years, something like that. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not like... Not only were the last two Spider-Man movies, uh, well... Even even the Sam Raimi ones aren't dated. I don't think those are really dated to begin with. And now it's like we're three in. It's like it, you're not rebooting something from the 80s. It's like Sam Raimi's are big budget recent movies. And then the the next, you know, The Amazing Spider-Man's. And now another. And like, come on. But, yeah, anyway. So. I know. I completely agree. I... I don't get it, and it's frustrating. But again, they're moving into a weird territory where um, uh, they made some kind of back alley deal where uh, Sony or whoever owns Spider-Man is going to foot the bill on the cost, and then Marvel gets to produce it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's a good thing, and I think Marvel will do a better job of it, obviously. But then you know that only come that only goes so far where they have every, they're forcing all their uh, artists, and I mean that by directors and writers, etc., into shoehorning into their way of thinking and the way that they want things done. And a lot of those stories are coming out now with Joss Whedon in Avengers 2, where he's coming out saying that that movie broke me. Did you read that article? Yes, I did, yes. Yeah, and there are scenes in that movie that he does not want in that movie. That's That's not a good sign to me. That's bad. And I know a lot of people or our audience might be going, yeah, you're the DC fanboy. No, I'm really not. I just, that's a warning sign, man. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. When you, Joss Whedon, who made a billion and a half dollar movie in the original Avengers, doesn't have final say in Avengers 2? That's, 
that's odd, man. But you know what? I'm not financing a billion dollar movie franchise either. So what do yeah. I know? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully the dam isn't going to break with Ant-Man because I've picked that in the fantasy movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would, that would be my luck though. They're like, this is the Marvel movie that failed. It made $10 million. <laughs> like, Damn it. It looks, yeah, it looks good. I think, I think so too, but uh, you know, I, and I understand Marvel's, uh, the film company needing to rein in people and, and have a certain degree of control. But at the same time, you got to let the leash off a little bit and let your people interpret your characters. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You can't have total control all the time. And if you do, eventually you're going to strangle them because comics are not movies and you have to be willing to fluctuate in the middle there. Yeah. Okay. Not to derail that. I was a complete derail. Oh no, that's fine. It was at the end. It was a good transition. We'll we'll move on to our uh, top one hundred for the month, okay. and we are dealing with excuse me with uh, number eighty through number seventy one. And since I just went on and on about Marvel and video game or video game Mar- uh, comic book movies, yay nerd! Um, <laughs> I'll let you go first. What do you have for number eighty? Number eighty for me. Uh, is and obviously I'm just going to reiterate here with my movies there is a lot of stuff that would not make 99.9% of the general population's top 1 million movies and that's okay (laughs) these are just my own personal favorites and I have reasons for that number 80 is Roger Corman produced Forbidden World the cheapest of the cheap alien knockoff and I love this movie uh, it's 75 minutes long, but uh, one of the reasons I like it so much is it encapsulates everything that is good in a late-night, cheesy sci-fi movie. It's Everything is there to make it work so well. Uh, the I mean, it's got copious amounts of TNA, uh, silly special effects, a really cool storyline, and I, I, I love it. It's one that I, every time I watch it, I feel guilty for liking it as much as I do. But I I love the movie, and uh, it's a love... definition of deep fried lard and fat. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is <laughs> of an empty calorie nothing, and it's uh, I love I love every second of it. It's hysterical, and uh, you know maybe in a year from now it might be, not be on my top one hundred. But for right now, Forbidden World definitely that might be one of the ultimate guilty pleasure top one hundreds on my entire list here because I'm like I can't believe. Forbidden World is on there, and it's in front of uh, 20 other ones that, you know, that that beat out several fantastic movies. Saving Private Ryan is down the list farther than well, that's Forbidden a, World. Well, that's a rewatchability factor, Yes, though. it is. That's but okay. Forbidden World is the type of movie that I could watch that every couple months and have this a huge shitty grin on my face every time. Nice. So. Uh, number 80 for me is uh, directed by Tony Scott. Written by Quentin Tarantino, starring Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, many other great actors. True romance. Uh, I what, what what can I? I don't even know what to say about this movie. I I just love it. It hits all the right notes of dark weirdness. Uh, we got Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken. Bronson Pinchot, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Rappaport. I mean, fantastic cast. James Gandolfini. It just 
I, I love everything about this film, and I'm actually kind of surprised it fell this far, but I was forced to put some other movies a- ahead of it. There's nothing that could be done about it, but yeah. if you haven't seen this movie, it is, in a way, uh, the way that uh, The Last Boy Scout is the lost Die Hard movie, True Romance is the lost Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, this is one that he uh, specifically wrote, but didn't get a chance to direct because he was still kind of unknown at the time, as I recall. Number 79. Yeah. 79 for me is a movie that I watched uh, last night. I have done some shifting around, and there is just no way that this is not already on my top 100. It's that good, and that is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh my, uh, wow. Yeah, that, immediately. I'm like, that's, that... that two-hour ballet of mayhem is immediately in my top 100, and I've only watched it one time, but it's that good. Uh, I I had a shit-eating grin the entire night last night after watching it, and I've been thinking about it today, just the complete insanity of the entire spectacle. And yes, it is better than all the other Mad Max movies, uh, and that will be the movie to beat for me uh, as far as one of the, the all-time great action movies uh, in years to come. Because I, I I don't know how they I don't know how they're going to top something like that with a, a vehicular mayhem type thing. The Fast and Furious movies have nothing on this thing. Nothing. Awesome, awesome. I can't yeah. wait to see it. But I'm reminded constantly of like Interstellar, and it's like, oh, I'm going to have some Joker in the theater completely ruin it for me. I just I don't want to chance it. When do I get to? I, and then the wife said. Oh, I want to see that too. And I was like, okay, we're at least waiting until Dollar Theater. And then, yeah. you know, then my chances improve and uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it's as good as the reviews are, it's that good. Um okay. there's I mean, I'm trying to think of anything that I would have changed and right now I there's very little that I can think of at all. Uh, it's just it's mayhem caught on film. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, number 79 for me is Lord of the Rings. The Just the all three of them. Gotcha. One movie. I, I don't the need, original trilogy. Yes, yes, there you go. I'm sure it'll be rebooted very soon, uh, starring Aja Butterfield, and for the third time... <laughs> and Shia uh, LaBeouf. It, it, Shia LaBeouf <laughs> as Gandalf. <laughs> as Gandalf. <laughs> Because he's wise, you see. He's yes. wise. Yes. <laughs> it is. It's. But. It's. It's. Uh, I mean, how close to perfect can you get the series to the book? I mean, that's about as close as you can get. Uh, it's. Each movie has its ups and downs, and it's. I'll tell you. Once you do the marathon, where you watch them all at once, uh, suddenly it doesn't have fifteen endings. It has a very reasonable ending because you've taken the whole trip. Uh, the yeah. Eagles are still the downfall, and I hate them as much as Peter Jackson hates them. Uh, but what are you going to do? That uh, he wrote, the guy wrote them in, and there you go. But uh, yeah. wow, Lord of the Rings, number seventy nine, number seventy eight for you. Seventy eight is nineteen eighties Airplane. One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I, I, I want to keep, like, I'm trying to keep this as diverse as possible and have some comedies in there, too. And, and Airplane is one of the true gems of, uh, of the comedy genre, especially slapstick. It is almost every joke works, and uh, I've seen that thing so many times, and it still is funny every time I watch it. I agree. 
And what I've learned tonight is that Mad Max Fury Road is not quite airplane, but it's, but it's better it's, than <laughs> Forbidden World. Yeah, exactly. See? You see? And as people are tuning off, they're like, okay. Yep, we're done. No, I'm just kidding. That's totally fine. I, I it, My list is diverse as well. Okay, number 78 for me. And this, uh, for some reason, in this section fell a lot of my uh, dramas and teary, hard-to-watch stuff, but uh, Tarzem sings The Fall. I adore this movie, but uh, rewatchability. You know you're heading into that hard drama. I'm probably going to be crying at the end of this. It's not one that gets bumped up a lot, but it is a fantastic piece of... This is a piece of art. I completely feel that way about this movie. If you haven't seen it, you should. Number 77. 77 for me is Crush Your Enemies, See Them Driven Before You, and of course, Hear the Lamentations of the Women. (laughs) Conan the Barbarian makes it to number 77. Gosh, I cannot believe it's so low. Like, I was going through my list tonight, setting this up, and Conan... That's, 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 that's far north of 70s. Okay. There. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got a bunch more that's that's probably, uh, I'll be embarrassed that I actually, <laughs> at least Hot Tub Time Machine is way up the list versus that, you see. Oh, that's... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Again, poor Mad Max. Not yes. quite airplane or hot tub time machine. Or <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, Conan, if, if you, yeah, it's great. You, John Milas. If it's not on your top 100, you're wrong. (laughs) Yes. Yep. That's it? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm serious. I I could get into a tirade on my love for Conan the Barbarian. I will say this. The first time that I ever watched Conan the Barbarian in its full uncut form, uh, I had watched it numerous times on... I had taped it off of network television, so it was... It was so edited, but I watched that thing time and time and time again on, you know, taped VHS. Mm Mm-hmm. I was on vacation with my mom and dad, and it was on HBO at, like, late night, snuck out of, uh, we were, I think we were in a beach house or something, snuck out of my my room, watched Conan the Barbarian on HBO with the volume at zero. I didn't hear one word through the entire movie, just so I could watch the R-rated version of it. It was amazing, and I remember, I remember, like, this is so great and I can't hear a word they're saying but this is awesome. I have done these things. I we're, we're, yeah. See back in our day we had the knobs and yes. it, now yeah. with oh, yeah. numbers I would turn it all the way down and, because my room was right underneath my parents room and they're very light sleepers so any noise that I was making whispering or anything they could hear and they'd pound on the floor boom 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 shut up be yeah. quiet. I'm watching a movie on my TV that I bought uh, be quiet, keep it down. So I would turn the volume all the way down, and then I would just tap it. I would just tap it until <laughs> until it was just a little bit. It was making just a little bit of noise. <laughs> and that's how I would watch movies every single night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. The, the ways that, that a young, early teens person will... Movie freak. Uh, back in the, yeah, a movie freak back in the day will try to get away with, you know, and Conan the Barbarian is hard R-rated movie. And uh, I'm like, I am watching. This is my only chance to watch this thing uncut. Well, and uh, I don't think that we've admitted it on the show. I think we just were talking about it personally. That uh, <laughs> this is horrible. But this is true movie freakdom right here. <clears throat> 
uh, watching a movie through a VHS camcorder through the viewfinder just so that you yep. could watch the movie in, what is it, half an inch by half an inch, black and white? Yeah. And you were telling yeah. me about doing that one time, and I was like, yeah, I did that with Highlander 3. <laughs> yeah, that was me and Silent Night, Deadly Night one year. Is <laughs> Yep. There was a little headphone jack, plugged the headphones in, and, and what's funny is I re- I've seen Silent Night, Deadly Night a, a umpteenth time. I, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen it, but that was one of the most memorable moments watching that movie. Oh, I, I didn't have any headphone jack or any sound on Highlander 3. Oh, I, I watched that all. I watched the whole thing. Just like, oh, I can visualize what's going on. I can imagine what's going on. You know, oh. <laughs> dorks. Oh, big time dorks. Okay. Uh, number 77 for me is, and this fell because of rewatchability, Requiem for a Dream. Absolutely ah. has a place in my top 100, but man, is it hard to rewatch that movie. Uh, brilliant score, uh, and anytime that you hear uh, movie and movie trailers, copy it like crazy. And anytime you hear it, I automatically think of Requiem and Buzzsaws and ass to yeah. ass. Okay, number seventy six. <laughs> seventy six is Friday the Thirteenth. Jason Lives. Which one is that? That's the uh, that is the uh, the Friday the Thirteenth that goes the scream route, where they almost jump the shark. <laughs> and they know they're making a silly, uh, a silly '80s horror movie, and they embrace it. And it's, uh, I, I love Jason Lives. It's the one where it's zombie Jason now, and yeah, okay. Alice Cooper does the songs, and uh, the guy digs them up, and the yep, lightning. Yep, yeah. yep. I've watched that one. I've I've probably watched that one more than any of of the other Friday the Thirteenth. And uh, I I like the lightheartedness of it mm. and just that you know, we're making something silly here and we're embracing it and I just again a lot of these go for replayability for me and that one has immense replayability so that made my top 100 Jason Lives gotcha number 76 for me is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm. uh, which we just spent quite a bit of time talking about on Cinema Sidekicks episode 30 if you haven't watched or listened to that Go listen to it. It was pretty good stuff. Um, but yeah, the rewatchability on this one's kind of low for me because, it, as you say, it's a nightmare caught on film. And yeah, yeah, I don't like to have my nightmares all that ti- all the time. I, it, it give me a little fun sometimes, but that one's so heavy. It's yeah. a masterpiece. There's nothing fun about that. No, yeah. it's yeah. a masterpiece, but I had to knock it down a hair. Uh, 75. 75 is Hammer Pictures' Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Uh, this is the third in the Dracula series. The second Dracula did not feature uh, Christopher Lee. This one here, they brought Christopher Lee back. He does not speak one word in the entire movie, which makes him all the more sinister. Uh, really? He doesn't show he doesn't show up until halfway through the movie, but the entire movie oozes Christopher Lee. Uh, you just it has this impending sense of doom to it, and uh, it is one of the finest examples of. Uh, of a classic horror movie from the 60s. Uh, I, I, I love Prince of Darkness, Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Speaking of which, disturbing lack of Hammer movies on this week's roulette. I was I had in my mind, if he puts one hammer on there, I'm taking it. But then you're like, oh. here's sci-fi, like Johnny Appleseed, all over the place. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm taking that crap. <laughs> uh, Next time. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, number 75 for me is... Runaway Train, John Voight, 
fantastic nice. film, as I always say. Fantastic! I absolutely loved it. I say that way too much, but apparently I am uh, 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 running very short of adjectives. Um, <laughs> but it is a fantastic film. It's it fantastic. It's 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 just brilliant all the way through, all the way to the end. Even though the end is kind of a downer, it's sort of like I felt empowered and I wanted to cheer. And it's low budget and young Eric Rob. It's it's beautiful. I, I love yeah. that movie. Isn't it weird how that's a canon movie? But to me, that did not feel like a canon movie. No, it's an indie uh, masterpiece in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Great movie. Uh, Seventy four for me is. Lamberta Bava's 1985 Demons, produced by uh, Dario Argento. It is the quasi-essential 80s hair metal punk rock type horror movie. I love it. I love, love, love Demons. Uh, it's gory. Uh, it's got Motley Crue and Billy Idol soundtrack going on, and it's I love it. And it's got dirt bikes and guys on motorcycles <laughs> with with samurai swords chopping demon heads off. It's and ridiculous. It is. It, this is truly a throw everything in the kitchen sink and see what works. And to me, almost everything works. It's great. I think I it's saw it for just, the very first time last year, and I was like, "This is ridiculous, hilarious." It's in that Return of the Living Dead vein. Yeah, and it is. It was fine by me. <laughs> yep, love it. Love demons. Uh, Seventy four for me is. Highlander. Ah, the original. This is a classic for me. If, if I was going to pick one from the, the series, it'd have to be Highlander, even though yeah. I, I like Highlander 2 for its weirdness. Highlander 3, The Final Dimension, is underrated. I actually kind of dig that flick. And yeah, Even me though too. a lot of people hate it. Um, there's a Highlander 4 that's also not horrible. I It's pretty good. It incorporates uh, the guy from the series, I believe, if I'm thinking of the right one. Um but the Which was the one that had, was it was Mario Van Peebles in That was three? three. That was the final okay. dimension. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a good movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. I kind of dug it. Uh, they all have their kind of the different tone. It's that Mad Max weirdness where you get to part three and it's suddenly you're in a Thunderdome and Van Peebles. <laughs> 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 but you just kind of got to roll with it for the tone of, of the series. Um, but I... I adore Highlander, the whole series, even the ups and downs, the bad, but the original, original is just, it's pimp, man. It is yeah. freaking great. And yeah. uh, the Queen did the score. It, I love this Oh, movie. that's right. That's, yeah. I forgot about that. I like the fact that in that movie, you dispatch your enemy by lobbing off their head. Yeah. That's how you, that's how... I, yeah, that's it. Uh, move on to the next level. <laughs> the Kurgan, one of the great villains of all time. They wrap everything up in a nice, neat little bow, and then they went and made a sequel, and it was all like insane and crazy, and Sean Connery and force fields oh, around the Earth. And it was very weird, but uh, aliens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the original, just as a standalone, is it's brilliant. I love that movie yeah, so agreed. much. And every time I see that guy, or every time I watch Spongebob with the kids, and I hear his that's voice, right. I'm like, that's the Kurgan. Fear him. Fear him. <laughs> uh, okay, number 73. Number 73 for me is... Hold on here. Uh, number 73 for me is Eli Roth's Hostel Part 2. I've defended this movie, and I continue to defend it as his best movie. Uh, I think it improves on the original. It immense replayability for me, 
I and I, you know, the more I watch Hostel Part Two, the more I see uh, what he was trying to do as far as really tapping into Italian cinema. There's tons of cameos from uh, Italian grindhouse actors, like actors that start in old old seventies uh, Italian horror movies. I love I I love that. I like the fact that it plays more on what the uh, what the sickos that are that are carrying out the deeds what their side of the the, the picture here is mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that it improved on everything that Hostel was and uh, again it's Hostel's one of your top hundred movies yes it is I like Hostel oh you're too. fine don't apologize it's all right if yeah. it's something you're into that's okay. Yeah. Uh, number 73, 70, 73, is that where we're at? Yeah. yeah. For yep. me is uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, brilliant film. It's great all around, 10 out of 10. But, man, once you know the twist, da, 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 you fall down to number 73. Um, number 72 for you, my friend. <laughs> is um, my favorite movie from last year, Under the Skin. Ooh. Yes, I've only watched that movie one time. But uh, I know without the shadow of a doubt, like Mad Max, that upon rewatching that movie, I'm going to love that every bit as much as I did the first time. Certain movies you watch and you're like, oh, that was so great. And then you watch it again, you're like, yeah, it was maybe not quite as good as the first time. But I I think that Under the Skin, um, I think that that movie is going to hold up extremely well. It's so unique. It's so, there are certain scenes in that movie that were devastating to me. And uh, I can't get them out. I still think about them. Great movie. I agree, and I need to make a note to make sure that that is in my top 100. And now it's probably too late, and I've got everything better than that in there. Okay, uh, 72 for me is A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. Ah, I still need to see that. I, You know, you need to throw that on the uh, Already Watched for me. I would, but I gave my DVD to Steven. I don't own it anymore. I'm waiting for a Blu-ray. Oh, gotcha, okay. Uh, but... It's a it's a great movie and it, it really sucker punched me because uh, I, I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. Uh, it's just an indie movie with Robert Downey Jr., Eric Roberts, Shia LaBeouf. Um, how great can it be? Well, it's pretty pretty darn great and it holds up on rewatch uh, big time. I, I find more emotional levels happening every single time that I've watched it. And I've watched it uh, three or four times now. Um, obviously, I don't have it anymore, but I'm going to be getting the Blu-ray as, uh, as soon as I come across at a decent price. And that is a excellent film for me. And, you know, the first time you watch it, you might not think as much. It, it kind of has a little bit of that kids factor. Uh, the movie mm-hmm. Kids, you remember that one? Where yeah. it's oh, sort of, it's oh yes, well, ouch. It's, it, well, yeah. don't take it all the way. I, I was in love with it from the beginning because... The I'm not giving anything away here, but the opening scene is fade in, Shia LaBeouf, New York background, smoking a cigarette, turns, breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera and says, I am going to leave every single person in this movie. Cut to opening credits. Like, right there, I am so hooked. Like, Ooh, yeah, no kidding. Rap. This is going to be one of those kind of pictures, <laughs> and it is. They don't do a lot of uh, breaking of the fourth wall, but it's it's smattered uh, a little bit there and a little bit at the end uh, with this guy telling his uh, his life story up until this point, and it's it's brilliant. I loved it. It worked for me on every single level. 
Awesome. That's Number 71 cool. to wrap up this episode of your top 100. I'm going to see if you can guess what this is by the director. Okay. okay? The director is David Cronenberg. The Fly. And this is... Nope. Uh, e- Existence. Ooh. Okay. Yep. Uh, that is... And, and I'm uh, looking through my list. I believe that that is the only uh, David Cronenberg that made my top 100. So that means that that is my favorite movie from David Cronenberg. Mm. That is a true, true gem in the rough that I think uh, should have gotten way more uh, notoriety than it has. I, I think that that's better than Scanners, The Brood, all his other classics. Oh, I think Existence is... And it holds up brilliantly, especially, honestly, especially now with how video games have evolved. Because this is a, basically the movie about video games. Yeah. Uh, and it's evolved to the point where this is something that I could see happening sometime. Oh, like, yeah. that's that type of scenario. Uh, it's gross without being... It's almost gross without... How do I say it? Without trying to be gross... Um, it's like, hey, this isn't gross, but yet somehow it is. It still some manages reason, to be Cronenberg icky. <laughs> yes, icky. it's icky. Yeah, something about the... Uh, it's like, oh, here, let me just jack this thing into your body. So you, And then, like, something about it is just like, oh, that's... It's kind of sexual, but really turn-off-y gross, and yeah. it's great. So I love that movie. I agree. I don't think, I think, I don't think it may have quite made the final cut for me. I, I mean... It, yeah was one of those that I was like, uh, 150, eh. <laughs> uh, Okay, finally for me to wrap up uh, this section is Inception. Uh, Christopher mm. Nolan. And the only reason that it fell this far is not rewatchability because it's very rewatchable, but there are a couple of, I don't want to say plot holes, but uh, those little things where you're like, you didn't have to put that in there. Like, you could have very easily cut that out or rewrote that bit of dialogue and quit being so mysterious. You know, you don't have to leave us with that, ooh, is he dreaming, is he not? Like, you could have just cut that kind of crap out and it would have been a much stronger film for it. Take a stand, pick a side, and let it be. Yeah. Instead of, is he, isn't he? Ooh, question mark, roll credits. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But other than that, it is... Uh, an immensely rewatchable film with a lot of uh, startling ideas in it and beautiful imagery. I, I, it's a great movie. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's move on to recently watched. I got four things I want to touch on, uh, three of which will take a little time, one that will be very quick. Um, but I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so I'm going to hit on... I'm just looking through my list here. I've got so many... Um, I want to get one off my list here real quick that was on Netflix. I think I may have thrown it your way for a roulette. I watched it, and just I wanted to just chime in there that I watched the movie, so you don't have to unless you, do, unless you want to. <laughs> Sounds like a it's, warning. It's not bad. It's, it's okay. It's called The Mule. Uh, this is about a drug, a drug mule. Yeah, that was on uh, the list. Su- yeah. Supposedly based on a true story, but eh, yeah, whatever. Uh, some schmuck from the... UK, I think uh, he gets, he he goes to, to Thailand and eats a bunch of heroin and condoms, and him and his dipshit buddy fly back, and he's a complete oaf. Uh, and then they get he does something stupid at the airport, so he gets stuck in a hotel room uh, where he gets interrogated for over a week, and he's trying not to shit, and it's kind of uh, funny and I, it's kind of gross, and it's kind of good. 
Um, but it's kind of not too. So yeah, yeah it's a, you're you're being the trailer where I'm watching the trailer and I'm going, eh, that seems like it would have two laughs and I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it is, and it wasn't bad. Uh, but th- there was a couple like it was a little too long for the storyline that it, that they they were going for here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like and here here's what bugs me is. So they're already running a little too long, and there's a couple of storylines, side stories, kind of that are kind of connected, that literally never get brought up again by the end of credits. I'm like, okay, well, you could have cut all of that side stuff out and made it a tighter film because mm. you didn't even wrap that up. You didn't even deal with that, and instead you you bring this other stuff up that doesn't quite fit as well, and then you don't. It's like. You padded your movie for no for no reason at all right. for no reason. So, but yeah, if you want to see a guy in a hotel room uh, shit out heroin condoms and then re-eat them so that well while the cops are asleep, if that's your idea of a good time, then watch the Mule because uh, uh, it's in there. You know, it would be if it wasn't a movie. If it was a real life thing, then I would give it a then chance. Maybe, then yeah. maybe, maybe. <laughs> Or a weekend party favor. Somebody's like, "Hey, come over. This is what's happening this weekend. I'm gonna yeah, make this. Guy I'm dumping do this. out some heroin. Yes, and then I'm gonna eat, eat it, it again. Eat it again so. in front of cops. Oh. Yeah. So. Anyway, <laughs> all right. I want to. I want to get at least one, just because so many people have Netflix, and it's like, ooh, that might be yeah. good. Well, the guy from the Matrix is on there, and and uh, the guy from Lord of the whatever his name is. Uh, Everybody so was in Lord of the Rings, so that doesn't count. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, I want to I want to talk about the Lone Ranger a little bit. Uh, this oh, is, good. Uh, Johnny Depp being kooky. This is one where I I really was lambasting this thing uh, during the trailers when it was coming out and was like, oh, oh, it's Johnny Depp being kooky again. No way. Um, <laughs> but you know, it didn't quite deserve to bomb the way it did. This was actually a pretty fun movie, and uh, I, you've championed it to me before, but. Yeah. So that's why I gave it a chance. Um, it had it was kind of frustrating because it had some very obvious flaws that could have been very easily remedied, and it would have fixed so much. For crying out loud, this movie is two hours, like 30, 45 minutes long, yeah. and they got this wraparound story that goes nowhere. You could have cut that right out. You would have lost absolutely nothing. With the little Agreed. kid going and Johnny Depp telling the st- old Johnny Depp telling the story, that did nothing. That went nowhere. You could have cut that out. That would have been fifteen minutes right there. Boom! Your movie is two hours ten minutes. That's something. That's that would have helped quite a bit. Uh, he's still got plenty of time to be kooky and riding ladders over trains and all kinds of insanity. And that stuff was all very funny. Uh, the third act, they decided to go Lone Ranger music alone. I thought that also was a very obvious mistake because you, when it starts up, you're like, ha ha, not realizing it's going to go on for the next 20 to 30 minutes. Like, (laughs) It does. It does, and it's like, why? Like, I mean, at a certain point, you're like, yeah. you're like, really? You're still doing this as a two hundred million dollar movie? You're still doing that, huh? <laughs> uh, very easily, you could have just just done that for like the very last scene, or and then maybe some end credits, and it would have been another funny joke in the movie. That's another thing. Movie, quite funny. 
even though you know what to expect with Johnny Depp and being kooky, it still worked. The comedy was still funny. When, when, (laughs) hi-ho, silver away. Don't do that again. Like, that's everyone's, (laughs) anyone could have written that joke. I could have written that joke and anyone could have delivered it. You know what? It was still funny. I still, I still, like, when he did it, I was like, it would be really funny if Johnny Depp said, don't do that again. And Johnny Depp goes, don't do that again. And I laughed out loud. (laughs) Not because I made the same comment, but because it was delivered so well and it, it still worked. It was still very funny. Very entertaining yeah. film. Just needed to be 15 minutes shorter. That's its biggest yeah. flaw. It's way too damn long. And I don't know why they had a lot of uh, budget problems on that movie where uh studio wanted to cut the budget down and they're like, no, we must have this budget. And It's like, dude, you could have cut 20 minutes out of that movie and not missed a beat with uh, yeah. very easily. Anyway, uh, yeah. next for you. Okay, well, I am glad that you liked that movie. I did, I did give it a thumbs up, though. I would pick that up on Blu-ray. If I see it real cheap, yeah. nah, I'd pick that up. It's good. Yeah, it, it was a fun movie. Um, okay, so next for me is Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Uh, I went on a Steven Spielberg tear after our last podcast, so I watched Close Encounters, Jaws, War of the Worlds. Those are the three Spielberg movies that I've watched. Close Encounters is, uh, is my favorite Spielberg movie. But War of the Worlds comes in at number two, and it it's one of my favorite science fiction movies of all time, and one of the best Tom Cruise movies I've ever seen. Uh, he delivers such a great performance in it. Special effects are as good as anything you will see today, and this movie came out in, I believe, uh, 2005. The special effects have not been dated at all. Um, I will agree, though. The little girl screaming is like, okay, shut up already. <laughs> uh, I didn't have a problem I, I with her. The reason that I dropped it down on our Spielberg list was because of the boy. He was oh, he, the, he, he annoyed me way more than the the girl. She's little. I understand. You know, yeah. screaming it's it's all terrifying. But the boy is like, I'm defiant, and it's like, yeah. shut up, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Going to be in yeah, a but, bad Dragon Ball movie. Yeah. <laughs> But I like the fact that, and this bothered me the first time I saw it, was there were certain scenes where I actually wish they would have gone a little bit farther with the mayhem on screen. But uh, it's almost like less is more at a couple of parts in this movie where I'm like, it's In it's a Spielberg so... picture? No way. Yeah. <laughs> almost like he learned something from some other yeah. movie he made with a fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and someone flying through the jungle with monkeys. Yeah, and, uh... Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, less is yeah. more. <laughs> There he should have gone less is more and had Shia LaBeouf yes, read the opening credits and be done. But instead, yeah. he starred in the movie. <laughs> yes, he starred, yes. Mutt, you see. His name is Mutt. His name is Mutt. <laughs> uh, but anyway, War of the Worlds. I, I thought it was great. I love that movie. Yeah, uh, I, the I special effects, too, everything about it is just cool. So, anyway. And yeah, and if I want to, real quickly here, uh, Jaws and Close Encounters, both are five-star movies. Uh, but it's splitting hairs as to which one is, you know, they're all five star to yep, me. Uh, I agree. I could talk an hour long about Close Encounters and my love of that movie. It's so good. So I'm, good. I'm always, every single time I watch it, I'm blown away by that, that, uh, ship in the desert for some reason. I think it's because yeah. that, I didn't see that, that scene, uh, because I watched the movie cut so many times when I was a kid on network TV. Yeah. And I never saw that scene because that was just one of the scenes that they cut. And then I got uh, all the way up until I got it on DVD. 
And then I watched the wow. movie and I was like, there's a battleship in the middle of the desert. Like, it blew my freaking mind. And I love that scene. It's brilliant. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, real quick, back to back here. Need for Speed. Which has caused me to coin a term I pray no one else has, and I'll trademark it. (laughs) Carnography. This is porn for the car freak. Uh, Absolutely. It was fun. It was so much fun. I I, and and just like if you're into cars at all, you'll you'll love it. And even more so than I mean the the Fast and Furious movies. Those are all about people modding normal cars or semi-attainable cars. This was all like the Need for Speed game that it's emulating. Exotic cars, crazy cars, Mustangs that can do 260. Uh, And then uh, they work in these beautiful scenes where it's from the driver's perspective and you just see the wheel and the like like a first-person shot from the game. They worked that on a lot, but it actually kind of worked. Like, I, I wasn't like, oh, it's Doom, where now we have three minutes of you doing first-person shooting. But they yeah. just kind of snuck it in here and there. It was like, ah, that's kind of cool. Uh, but they a lot of exotics. You could tell that they trained the drivers, uh, the actors, to be drivers. Uh, there are a lot of scenes where they roll up to the camera, peel a 180 right up to the camera, hop out of the car, go on to the next scene where you can tell without a doubt that was the actor doing it. I really appreciate mm. those little touches. Um, the story, it's fairly predictable, but you got a couple of twists and turns in there that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, I wasn't like from the get-go going, yeah, I got it, this, that, your sister, your husband, yeah, boring snore. I was into it. I was entertained all the way through. And I will pick this one up on Blu-ray. And oh, so nice. will you. Okay. It's, oh really? Yeah, it's so a it's... good flick. I enjoyed it. It's it's a bad movie. Come on, who are we kidding? It's Need for Speed, video game movie. Yeah. But you want to see exotic cars racing? Are you into cars even remotely? I love cars. Yeah, you know that. it's yeah. carnography, <laughs> sir. Uh, okay, and I wanted to real quick mention Sons of Anarchy, the final season I watched. And while I've been hit or miss on the show as a whole. Um, I mean, I dig it. This part, I dig that part. Eh, some parts they could improve. It's too long. All this stuff should have been happening two seasons ago. But that final episode, man. F. Oh, my lord. I hate, I hate, hate that final episode. Just the way it ended was so predictable and cliche and cheesy and stupid. But, you know, all of this crap should have been happening two seasons ago, and it wasn't. And, you know, it's one of those things where, as you said, um, <clears throat> they they make many uh, pilots of TV shows because you never know what it's going to take. They cancel yeah. 20 for every one that they take. And uh, you got to uh, get in a season or two before you hit your stride. Then you, suddenly you're a hit. And then we got to make the shit last uh, long because we're making money off of it. Then it goes on too long. People are starting to bail. Yep. Then we got to wrap it up and try and be dramatic. And it doesn't work because this shit should have been happening two seasons ago. <laughs> and then the yep. ending of this was just completely stupid. Give me a Dexter. Give me uh, a Seinfeld. Give me a... Uh, uh, Sopranos. I'll even take the fade to black. I, I don't even give a shit. It's, it, this ending was just like, oh, I could see you doing this from episode one. 
Like, this is the predictable, bad writing way to go about it. But, you know what? What do I know? I'm not making a million dollars writing a TV show. <laughs> These people are. So <laughs> how, many, how many episodes, or how many seasons did this think, show have? I think this was season seven. But, you know, seriously, for the bulk of it, fairly entertaining. It's just that, why did we have to wait to the very last episode for our hero to go on a rampage and kill all the people that should have been killed two seasons ago? They just drag it out, and it even though those seasons were still entertaining, it's like, you knew it was going to come to this. It You were just dragging it out for your ratings. Yeah, oh, that sucks. I, I'm I not going to tell you to chase it down. I mean, if you're a huge motorcycle buff, then maybe, but eh. Nah, th- this, is, nah. this is one that you can skip. It's not that big a deal. Okay, all right. And that's just me knowing your tastes. Yeah. Trust oh, me, no, I, I, it, I was entertained all the way through. Uh, except I, I'm just bitching about the very last episode of the last season, the way that it ended. But other than that, eh, don't even bother. Okay, good. Okay, last movie for me is a movie called Screamers. And this was actually known as Island of the Fishmen first. No <laughs> way, Italian they changed movie. the title? <laughs> yeah, and it's an Italian movie that Roger Corman got his hands on. And uh, went and to pander more towards the American crowd, shot a uh, uh, shot an intro scene, uh, chock full of gore, and then another scene halfway through the movie, or a couple, mainly one scene of gore through halfway through the movie, just to keep the movie going. This is a cool movie, uh, and I think that you would like it too. This is. Uh, Kind of a science fiction fantasy about the lost city of Atlantis and fish creatures on some island. It's called Screamers. Screamers is uh, with uh, Robocop? No, no, no. Nope, not that one. No. Because I've seen that one. (laughs) Yeah, no. This one here is actually known as the Island of the Fishmen. Sergio Martino, I believe, directed directed it. Oh. Uh, He's made... if you've ever heard oh, of Oh, yeah, big anyway. time. Who hasn't heard of Sergio Mar Italian? Yeah. <laughs> what now? <laughs> but but Joe Dante was involved in recrafting this movie. Jim, Wynos- Jim Wynarski was was uh, in on this. Okay. Rob, Bo- Rob Bottin. Uh, it, 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 a whole A-listers. mismatch of... A-listers. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred million national box yes. office in Greece. <laughs> oh, but, but the movie is... It's got this weird fantasy vibe to it and uh, I thought it was a blast um, it's just uh, I'd watch this, it this, it sounds interesting <laughs> yeah this this stranded this boat with some bad actors from Italy are stranded on an island and the island has a mad doctor or scientist guy on it that has fishmen that do his bidding and there's something about gold and the city of Atlantis underwater and it sounds it's, like my own personal hell and your heaven. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yes, you're like, exactly. I'm like, jackpot, where are the zombies? And they're like, you yes. weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, yeah. I've watched this movie twice now in less than a year. Oh. No, it does sound, it yes. does sound interesting and cool. It sounds like something I'd love to watch. <laughs> As yeah, being, at least being an, uh, uh, an anomaly of cinema. Yes. So, anyway, there you go. Okay, lastly, we need to wrap up with uh, 
we we like to wrap up on masterpiece talk, masterpiece theater, dun, 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 hey. and we talk about an obvious classic that everybody knows. But instead, this week we're going to talk about Transformers Four: Age of the Dawn of the Extinction of the something of the guy don't even know what the hell this movie is called but you watched it a few weeks ago and you were uh you're a renowned transformers hater and you Ah. said oh this i i gave this one a three out of five which in my book is a passing grade which means you like transformers and everybody (laughs) in the world hated this movie i Luckily, got a hold of it from the library and was able to also squeeze in a viewing. We've been wanting to talk about it for a couple of episodes now, but it's just finally falling to episode 53. Well, we have a couple of minutes to talk about it before we wrap up. I'm going to let you go first. Give me your thoughts, Marky Mark and the whole uh, Michael Bay shebang. Um, well, this was supposedly kind of a reboot of the series, I guess, or taking it in a different direction. Nope. Which, <laughs> yeah, that means that means that instead of Shia LaDouche, then we've got Mark Wahlberg instead. There you go. There's your difference. Um, but, to, for its credit, that's a pretty big difference, I think. I think Mark Wahlberg did pretty good in this. Uh, the, the Whatever her name is from the first few, she's not in... in Megan Fox. In the third one. Yeah. She's not in this one either. That's another big plus. Yes, it is. Um, I personally, and I think here's where we disagree. I think that that J.T. Miller guy, I think that he did okay. T.J. Miller? Uh, <laughs> T.J. Miller, yeah, whatever. I, but I think that he was funnier than Shia's parents from the first. I hated them in the first two movies. His comic relief wasn't as grating on me. Um, but the special, it, it, everything else is the same. It's just loud, bombastic explosions. CGI everywhere, dinosaurs now in this one, um, I, but for some reason I'm like, yeah, you know what, uh, it's not bad, this is okay, I'm, I'm with it. I'm going to so, wait till you're done, anyway. are you done? Yeah. Um, is there anything else, uh, Optimus Prime is in this one, uh, Megatron <laughs> is too, oh, and there, I also, I really liked the exotic cars in this, mm. uh, Lamborghini, a Bucati, there was some sick exotic cars in this. I, in fact, I think way more than the other Transformers movies. This one here seemed to have yeah, they, more yeah. of that stuff. I thought that was really cool. Um, and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, he's bald and he's got the big glasses. He was he was uh, he was the secondary comic relief in this. Yes, movie. yes, yes. There actually there were like three people that were the comic relief in this movie. Uh, you're talking about Stanley Tucci. Yes, Stanley. Yeah, he was okay. Mm. I he I, I laughed a couple times. So uh, again, my expectations were so low. They were they they were the lowest of the lowest of the low. And I'm like, ah, that was okay. That wasn't bad. I I, I enjoyed that mm. thing. And now to you, I have a feeling that you either loved it or you hated it. Oh no, I I, I neither. I another. This is another Michael Bay Transformers movie. Uh, he. Did something very different though than the first three, and uh, I, it's sort of like maybe he's listening to the complaints that people are putting out there. Um, in my opinion, uh, I think that he uh, didn't make some of the same mistakes, and he <laughs> replaced them with all new ones. Um, <laughs> T.J. Miller, my God, I was—I'm just going to go right ahead and spoil it for you, so that. 
people don't turn the movie off after 20 minutes. <laughs> he dies within the first 30, and I could have stood up and cheered. He was the Jar Jar Binks <laughs> of the Transformers series. I hate him. And he did lots of complaining about Michael Bay and the way that he directs after he got paid a shitload of money to be in the movie. He did? Oh, well, that's, no, 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 that no, sucks. No. After he got paid to be in the movie. if Have you seen the yeah. first three Transformers movies? Shut the hell up. You're in Transformers yeah. 4, starring Michael, directed by Michael Bay, and you're going to take all the money. Okay, maybe he didn't even get paid that much. The hell do I care? But you're going to take the paycheck and then walk away and start bitching about Michael Bay? F you, bro. Yeah. You weren't funny. You were not yeah. funny. Not one bit, and I celebrated when your character died. And you can sit around and say that it was the writing all you want, but Stanley Tucci's character was not written well either, and he was hysterical. Like, I laughed laughed a lot with a lot of the crap that he said, and it was nothing. It was not like that guy was throwing down punchlines. It was just, oh, I'm doing a normal everyday thing, but I made it. He found a way to make it funny. If you can't do that, then you just aren't funny. Or you're a prick and can't work with... I don't know what his problem was. I don't care. Uh, But I I have no tolerance for people that are like, Oh, Michael Bay is a dictator and Transformers 4 sucked and the writing was terrible. It's like, dude, this is number four. Have you not seen one through three? Uh, I'm not going to sit around and sing the praises of this movie because it obviously made a lot of plenty mistakes. <laughs> plenty of plenty. But the Dinobots ruled. I watched it in two yeah. sittings, and I, I thought it moved at a quite a bit quicker pace than the first three. Um, I, did, I agree. Especially I did too. The, uh, number three, the last one. I thought, oh, that one poked along. But I, I don't, I don't want to overpraise it. I, to say that it's the best Transformers movie, that's in inaccurate uh, praise. The best way to say it would be is it's perhaps the least irritating. <laughs> he didn't have Linkin Park singing over everything, and then you get to the third act and somebody else is singing over it, and it's like, dude, just stop with the people singing over you. You did fine there for the whole second act. It was just kind of a really... Uh, non-intrusive score and yeah. and then all of a sudden we get to the third act where people are going to start fighting it's like some really really emo dude is singing in the background and you're like why why <laughs> <laughs> so like I said he corrected some mistakes with, like, uh, with the humor um, worked a little harder on the writing I think which is all plus 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 but then it was made brand new mistakes along the way. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, again, I sit here and criticize Michael Bay's directing. You know what you're getting. And the movie made a billion dollars, yeah. so everybody made their money, and they're going to make another one, and they're going to say it's going to be shorter, and it's going to be less focused on humor, and we're going to focus on the robots, and ba 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 No, they're not. Because the no, shit makes it's a gonna billion. It's going to be two and a half hours. It makes a yeah. billion dollars. They're going to make it longer, and they don't give a damn. Yep. And that's, you know what, as long as you're paying your money to go see it, shut up. <laughs> yeah. So did you, did you like Mark Wahlberg? And I'm not sure what the, uh, his, his daughter's name was in the movie. <laughs> she was a typical Michael Bay, uh, model trying to be an actress. Terrible. Yes. She was horrible. I was yeah. very pretty to look at, I guess, but yeah. Dad, and you're just like, Oh God. Oof. Yeah. 
Yep. Terrible, but who cares? They put him. Yep. Uh, they put him in interesting situations, and it was. I mean, it was all right. I, what are you gonna do? It's, I guess you could. Again, least irritating. You're gonna say, you know what? It's better than Shia LaBeouf and and whatever random Victoria's Secret model and part two and part three. Yay! Yeah. Thumbs up. It's like okay, all you said is that it's 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 better than trash. I, I, <laughs> that's not a praise. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Great, you took a step up. But even yeah. Mark Wahlberg, I don't like you. I like you. I hate you. I'm gonna kill you. The, the boyfriend was stupid. Like oh, he was stupid. Uh, yes, whatever. He could not grasp a dialect. <laughs> He was yeah. like, I am an American boy with New Zealand accent. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, That's right. It, it was hilarious. He could not grab an accent <sighs> to save his life. Oh, uh, and there was the slow motion. Just, it was like, oh, the, oh, here bay, comes the big action scene. Bay, slow bay, motion. Bay. And then they took my daughter, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> like, went on way too long. It was just, like, yep. laughable bad. But... Yeah. And uh, still, at the end of the day, you're going, I didn't hate it as much as Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and that's something and, coming and, from and, you and, and I, because you're the hater, and I'm the lover, yeah. and we're and on a uh, the uh, worst-reviewed Transformers film of all time. We both kind of agree. It was better than the last one. <laughs> yeah, it was. I When it was done, I'm like, you know, that wasn't too bad. I gave it three out of five stars. I'm like... I'll watch it again. It had tons of action. The special effects were, they were phenomenal. I did note that, to give him credit, he did back up the camera quite a bit on the action scenes, which I didn't have a lot of problem uh, for the last couple, but I really felt like he backed it up this time, like pulled the camera back so you could see the action. uh, Another thing, I did hate the way the new enemies transformed and were just kind of flying all over the place oh, flying around. I hated that man because it was so completely intangible and I know that sounds ridiculous in a Transformers <laughs> review but <laughs> uh, I thought at least with the original Transformers transforming you could uh, okay I'm, I can at least conceive of that with this one it was just sort of like ooh I'm here and I'm here and waves and then they yeah. are there uh, I hated that part but uh, again, you, for as many things as he uh, fixed, there were just as many things that he knew and things he introduced that I hated. Did you like the uh, chop sucky guy in the elevator that just a random kung fu dude that no, that I, I, I loved that. I love that because he yeah, just, I'm like, he just stood back. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, he just stood back and was watching no, all I, this. And then at, at one point he was like, I must defend woman. Yeah. And I was okay <laughs> with that. I had no problem with that. It was funny. Yeah, I'm not sure where they can go from here as far as, like, it's just mass destruction on such an epic scale, and they try to top the last one, and it's like, wh- where do you go eventually? Like- uh, Galvatron is released. Uh, and that, you know, if you go back and you would actually watch the original show, you would see, in Bay's defense, he's just following the theme of the show. This is the way that it went. Uh, I know it's really messed up to say that, but this is the way that it went. It was Megatron, 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 crazy jump scenes all over the place, uh, incoherent, hard to follow. This was the cartoon. This is the way that it went. And then he's destroyed, and then this Galvatron thing comes out, and it's half Megatron history, and... (laughs) 
this is the way the cartoon went. It, it's it's so bizarre to go back and revisit, but it's the way that it, it was just as scatterbrained that the perfect person to make this true to the form is Michael Bay because it's just that dyslexic. <laughs> yeah. And but the thing that, that that all the listeners want to know though is when is Battleship Two gonna come out? And I I don't have an answer. I don't know. Right after <laughs> Hungry Hungry Hippos. <laughs> yes, yeah. I knew I knew that that you would have an answer for yes. that. I just it, I, it's on its way. <laughs> just wait. Starring <laughs> directed by Brett Ratner. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was a perfect end to the show. <laughs> Brett Ratner, beautiful. As always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? That's it. Transform and roll out. The end. <laughs> See ya. Enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're like, oh, I'm Mark Wahlberg. Uh. <laughs> I invent things, you see? I invent, I'm, invent, I'm doing this for us. It's for us, baby. Yeah, but Dad, when are you going to let me go? No, you don't understand. You can't wear heels because I'm an inventor. I'm an inventor. (laughs) In walks long-haired, curly-haired TJ guy, whatever. What are we going to do things that aren't Michael Bay? (laughs) I freaking hated that guy. I hope he never works in Hollywood again. Are we still recording? Sure, why not? (laughs) Okay, see you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 